Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The roomy Grand Highlander boasts three spacious rows with available seating for up to eight. It's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, delivers the power, acceleration, and efficiency so your family can take on any adventure. There's even a standard digital key, a panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen so you can always arrive on time. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iheart radio's iheart country radio discover more shows and movies for free ready to celebrate international women's day m&ms and iheart present women take the mic sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other and of course there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure peanut butter m&ms because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. The book of Revelation in the New Testament of the Christian Bible is interpreted in several ways. For some, it's an apocalyptic prophecy involving the second coming of Christ and the rapture of souls. And the imagery for that interpretation has been popular among artists over centuries, including the piece we're going to talk about in this episode, The Last Judgment. Aha! But some of you may be wondering, which one? That's right, there are a few Last Judgments, but only one has been stolen that we know of. So let's narrow that down. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. And actually, there are more Last Judgments than you might expect. In fact, we will begin with the first known work, and then we'll kind of make our way along the historical timeline. With so many out there, you may be wondering, has only one been stolen? We'll find out along the way for sure. First, we're going to jump back to the 12th century. There is a mural painted from red tempera on the west wall of the nave of the Church of St. Peter and Paul at Child in Surrey. 
While it is not named the Last Judgment, it depicts various iconographic subjects from biblical stories of the end of the world. This piece contrasts the ideas of heaven and hell. Its upper half depicts the salvation of souls. Its lower half depicts demons and sinners awaiting judgment. The mural, while it's had the most time in history to be injured or stolen, never has been. It is no doubt a help that it is painted directly onto the wall. And that's the case with some of the others on this list as well. A moneylender named Enrico Scrovani commissioned a series of frescoes from Florentine painter Giotto, including a depiction of the biblical story of the Last Judgment for the Scrovani Chapel in Padua, Italy. Giotto completed the work around 1306. In the center of the fresco is Christ, surrounded by angels. The apostles are depicted on either side of him, each on their own throne, and the cross, which is seen below Christ, is carried by two angels, dividing heaven from hell. Hell is depicted on the lower right with Satan shown as a large blue figure in the center surrounded by tortured souls. And nope, this one too has been safe since its creation more than 700 years ago. Commissioned by the Countess of Egremont in 1807, who was inspired by Michelangelo's Last Judgment, William Blake created a piece in ink and watercolor entitled A Vision of the Last Judgment. Within the notes of his piece, Blake wrote, quote, Whenever any individual rejects error and embraces truth, a last judgment passes upon that individual. His vision of the last judgment has been safe for more than two centuries. And then there's Philip the Good, Duke of Burgundy, who considered the artist Jan van Eyck, who was his court painter, unequal. Van Eyck's crucifixion and last judgment diptych was created in 1426 and consists of two small painted panels. Historians believe some areas may have been finished by unidentified members of his workshop, which actually wouldn't have been uncommon at that time. The idea of the workshop, a type of apprenticeship, was at the heart of many industries in the Italian Renaissance, including carpentry, baking, cobbling, painting, on and on. Van Eyck was an innovator of what became known as the early Netherlandish style of painting, There is a common misconception out there that seems to date back to a 16th century artist named Vite of the Tuscan that Van Eyck invented oil painting, which that's just not true. It is, however, true that he achieved, or you may even be able to say perfected, new ways to develop oil mediums, to use glazes and oil resin varnishes, as well as drying oils. He's also credited with originating a style of painting that relied on realistic depictions of surface effects and natural light, all made possible with those new ways of building up oil paints in translucent layers. So though Van Eyck is known to have the most stolen art piece of all time, yes, of all time, it's not his last judgment that's among the thieves' most wanted piece of art. And that takes us to another early Netherlandish painter named Hieronymus Bosch. That was actually the pseudonym of Jeroen van Aken. Bosch is known for his dreamlike pieces, painted in oil on oak wood and containing fantastical illustrations of religious concepts and narratives. His version of The Last Judgment lies across three panels, and it takes us from the biblical story of the Garden of Eden to a Book of Revelation hellscape where the damned are punished. The Last Judgment triptych, created sometime around 1482, is part of the permanent collection of the Academy of Fine Arts in Vienna. 
While Bosch's works have gone missing in the past, including the rare piece Temptation of St. Anthony, stolen from the Chrysler Art Museum in Provincetown, Massachusetts in 1970, as well as The Conjurer, which was stolen from the Museum of Suburban Saint-Germain-en-Laye in 1978, there is no record of his last judgment ever having been stolen. And then there was Luca Signorelli, an Italian Renaissance painter. His depiction of the Last Judgment can be found in the Chapel of San Brizio and features the biblical stories of bodies of the damned awaiting judgment. Signorelli completed more than one piece at that chapel, including this one, between 1499 and 1509. His Last Judgment fresco is widely considered the inspiration for the now-famous image of fearful souls in another work called The Last Judgment. That one created by Michelangelo and unveiled on October 31st, 1541. Each of these works has focused on the book of Revelation in the New Testament of the Christian Bible, telling the story of the second coming of Christ and God's eternal judgment of all humanity. And Michelangelo's painting is no different, though his work, a fresco, is grand in scale. It covers the entire altar wall of the Sistine Chapel in the Apostolic Palace in Vatican City. The Italian artist was primarily a sculptor and not a painter, but he created one of the most well-known Renaissance paintings. This painting depicts more than 300 souls surrounding a central figure, a depiction of Christ. There is, for those of you who like the hidden details, a self-portrait of Michelangelo sneaked into an unexpected place in this painting. The artist rendered himself as the flayed skin of St. Bartholomew, who was one of the twelve apostles of Jesus according to Christian theology, and who was said to have been flayed alive. If you have ever seen this, it is quite a striking image. Quite an interesting choice to use as your self-portrait. Renaissance painter and architect Giorgio Vasari's book, The Lives of the Most Excellent, was a series of artist biographies. Vasari was very prominent on the art scene at the time that Michelangelo was working. In it, he wrote about Michelangelo and specifically of the Last Judgment, quote, He threw it open to view in the year of 1541, I believe on Christmas Day, to the marvel of all Rome, nay, of the whole world. And I, who was that year in Venice and went to Rome to see it, was struck dumb by its beauty. Michelangelo's contemporary Nino Cernini reported on this work to Cardinal Gonzaga, and in that report he wrote, quote, it is of such beauty that your excellency can imagine that there is no lack of those who condemn it. But those who condemned it, and there were quite a few, did not steal it. The creations of The Last Judgments didn't end with Michelangelo's masterpiece. Between 1851 and 1853, English romantic painter John Martin painted a Last Judgment triptych depicting the plains of heaven and the great day of his wrath. The Christian God is depicted sitting on a throne in heaven surrounded by four archangels, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and Uriel, and by the elders of the Revelation. Below them, on the left, you see those saved waiting to ascend to heaven. The damned are found on the right, tumbling down a bottomless pit. Martin was known to feature real-life people in his paintings, including this one. And notable persons among the saved, for instance, are Copernicus and Shakespeare. Again, though... This is a depiction of The Last Judgment that's been lucky enough to never have been nicked. It keeps going, but we are coming to the end of The Last Judgment list. If you were in the market for a depiction of the Christian apocalypse, there were a lot to choose from, obviously. 
Russian artist Viktor Vaznetsov gave us an early 20th century depiction of the Last Judgment that was created for St. George's Cathedral in Gus-Kristalny and commissioned by U.S. Natchev Maltsev, who, coincidentally, had also funded the building of the cathedral. That painting, completed in 1904, depicts Christ at the top of the piece with the Virgin Mary on the left and John the Baptist on the right. Souls are seen waiting for salvation, and Satan can be seen taunting those destined for hell. Another Russian artist and one of the pioneers of abstract modern art, Vasily Kandinsky, created his own Last Judgment. Kandinsky's features an irregular black shape at the center of the work, surrounded by colorful lines and dots, as well as shapes of various sizes, some open-ended and some closed. That piece is part of a series of paintings featuring biblical themes, including the resurrection, Jonah and the whale, and the great flood. And those were produced by Kandinsky between 1912 and 1913. None of the works in that series have been stolen. And this leaves us with one more last judgment. This one is a triptych painted by Hans Memling, a piece he started in 1467 and completed in 1471. Out of so many, yes, this is the one, it is the one. This last judgment was stolen in the late 15th century, but not by sleight of hand or by skirting alarm systems or any sort of Hollywood-like stunt work. It was looted by pirates. Oh, that's right. There were pirates. We are going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we will talk about who Hans Memling was and how important he was to the early Netherlandish painting movement. When it comes to makeup looks, I really like full glam, but I also often just need an easy day look. And Thrive Cosmetics has been my go-to. I also travel a lot. I'm really guilty of lugging around way too much makeup in my suitcase, and I'm trying to curb that habit. And Thrive's brilliant eye brightener is the key to the whole thing. So instead of packing a bunch of palettes that I may or may not use, I can just throw a few of these slim sticks in my bag and I get all the shimmer and shadow I'm looking for. I streamline my packing. I can blend them together. They blend like butter. And you can layer different colors to get something truly unique. And then you just have your look all pulled together. Your eyes are brighter. You look well-rested. And you look really pretty glam for a very easy look. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. It's easy to see why they get so many five-star reviews. And even better, they give back to communities. For every product that you purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive. So you look great and you can feel great about how you got there. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 20% off your first order. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. 
Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. Your tax refund belongs to you, not an identity thief. Over $6 billion in tax refunds were flagged by the IRS for possible identity theft in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. LifeLock monitors and alerts you to identity threats you may miss on your own, even if you're careful with your personal information. And if you do become the victim of tax-related identity fraud, LifeLock has U.S.-based restoration specialists ready to help solve your identity theft issues. Plus, all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package, meaning LifeLock will reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Let LifeLock help you protect your financial information so all you have to worry about is what to do with your tax refund. Go to LifeLock.com iHeart and save up to 25% your first year. That's 25% off at LifeLock.com iHeart. Identity theft protection starts here. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The Rumi Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight. And leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Welcome back to Criminalia. We've described all the other works, so let's talk about what Memling's Last Judgment looks like. Memling's Last Judgment triptych is one of the world's best-preserved examples of early Netherlandish painting. Spanning a timeline of more than 500 years, the work has never been severely damaged, despite some pretty thrilling adventures it's been on. This is a well-traveled piece of art. This piece tells the story of the end of days as described in Christian theology in the Revelation of St. John. It depicts the biblical figures of Christ and the Archangel Michael during the final judgment story in the Christian Bible. Depicted as the judge, Christ appears on a rainbow with his feet resting on a golden orb, considered a symbol of the universe. 
He is surrounded by the apostles. Michael, in golden armor, is weighing souls of those who have risen from the dead. Above them are angels. Below are the Virgin Mary and John the Baptist. The right-hand panel features saved souls walking up to the gates of heaven. The left-hand side depicts the scene where the dam are cast down into eternal damnation. So Memling himself. Memling was most likely born between 1435 and 1440 in Seligenstadt near Frankfurt in today's Germany and probably spent his childhood in Mainz. We know he spent almost 30 years of his life as an artist working in Bruges, but we only have bits and pieces of information about the details of his life there. It's known that he became a citizen of Bruges in January of 1465. We know he married Anna Valkenaer sometime between 1470 and 1480, and that the couple had children, at least three sons. By 1480, Memling owned three homes and had become one of the wealthiest men in the city. He was much acclaimed as an artist in his own lifetime, something not every artist gets to enjoy. When recording his death in 1494, the notary of Bruges described Memling as, quote, the most skillful painter in the whole of Christendom. While there have been ups and downs among critics and art historians over the centuries about the validity of his works, he is now today considered a major Northern Renaissance artist. One problem here? That triptych does not bear Memling's signature, and that has led to it being attributed to various Netherlandish painters throughout history, including Jan van Eyck, who we mentioned creating his own Last Judgment, but also, Roger van der Weyden, who was Memling's mentor. Hugo van der Goes, Albert van Uwetter, and Michael Volgemet have all been considered at various times. It was German art historian Gustav Hotto who, in 1843, saw Memling's distinct hand in The Last Judgment, though. In 1901 and 1902, German art historian and cultural theorist Abby Warburg added Hotto's thesis to his publications, and the Memling triptych has been an undisputed Memling work pretty much ever since. Today, there are upwards of 80 paintings known as his, and the list is growing. Memling is known for his work in early Netherlandish art style, as well as Flemish art and the Ghent Bruges school. He was likely, at least at first, schooled in the art styles trending in Cologne before he traveled to Bruges. It's in Bruges where he trained in the workshop of internationally known Flemish painter Roger van der Weyden, probably between 1459 and 1464. Once in Bruges, he quickly began receiving commissions from its wealthy and influential residents, and this is where he settled. He began to specialize in small diptychs and triptychs for individual devotion, but it was Memling's portraits in particular that were popular, and especially popular in Italy. According to Paula Natal, an art historian specializing in the Renaissance, Memling's distinctive style in his portraits came from his use of landscape backgrounds by, quote, a balanced counterpart between top and bottom, foreground and background, the head offset by the neutral expanse of sky, and the neutral area of the shoulders enlivened by the landscape detail beyond. His style influenced the work of numerous 15th century Italian painters, and can be seen in pieces such as Raphael's Maddalena Doni. But it wasn't one of his portraits that was stolen. So we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsors, and when we return, 
we will talk about who Angelo Tani was and why he probably never saw Memling's Last Judgment. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. It's all you. With lightweight construction and technology that smooths, shapes, and supports, these silhouettes are designed to conform to your curves for a natural-looking fit. Experience unlined perfection with the Invisible Lift Demi Bra, a style that moves with you and is nearly undetectable under clothes. Or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Unbelievable and unforgettable, there's more to explore when it comes to Body by Victoria. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44. That's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. You need a vehicle that can meet your family's needs, and Toyota has you covered. Introducing the first ever Grand Highlander, a midsize SUV with the ideal combination of space, performance, style, and advanced tech. The Rumi Grand Highlander never makes you choose between passengers and cargo. You can fit both with ease. With three spacious rows and available seating for up to eight. And leg room that makes even long trips comfortable. With Grand Highlander's available 362 horsepower hybrid max powertrain on limited and platinum trims, you can be confident that you have the power, acceleration, and efficiency needed for almost any adventure your family can cook up. And you'll get where you're going in style with a modern, spacious cabin that's perfect for both playdates and date nights. Impressive tech upgrades take the new Grand Highlander to the next level, including a standard digital key, an available panoramic view mirror, and a 12.3-inch multimedia touchscreen. Don't just live life. Live life grander in the first-ever Toyota Grand Highlander. Learn more at toyota.com slash grandhighlander. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, folks, it's Maria. I've got to show this game changer, Akalo's D3 Patch. Forget pills, this patch delivers vitamin D3 10 times longer. Boost your immune system, sleep better, regulate mood, and support bone and heart health. Wear a patch before bed and leave it on for 24 hours. It's that simple. Living in the Pacific Northwest without much sunlight, these patches are great for me. Or if you find yourself dealing with the winter blues. They're discreet and perfect for my sensitive skin. Oh, and they even have a patch for hangovers and jet lag if that's something that affects you. Try them today with a money-back guarantee at acalo.co. Take charge of your health. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O. 
Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about how conflict between England and the Hanseatic League led to the perhaps unintentional theft of Memling's triptych. Angelo Tani, an ancient of the Medici Bank in Bruges, was the triptych's patron, and he commissioned it in 1465. In fact, when the triptych is closed, Tani and his wife are shown kneeling in prayer. We read about this piece that it was supposed to be hung in a chapel in Florence. But, and though not all reports suggested this, we did see that it was intended to hang as the altarpiece for a new private chapel in Fiesole in Tuscany, near the city of Florence, where the Badia Fiesolana is currently located. Before April 25th, 1473, you'll find no mention, actually, of Memling's last judgment triptych. Nothing. On that day, it was loaded under Burgundian flag aboard the San Mateo, a galley bound from Bruges to Florence, Italy, via the English coast. Two days later, the San Mateo, when the vessel entered English waters, well, that's when things went sideways here. The vessel was overtaken by a ship under the Hanseatic League, also known as the Hansa, which was at the time at war with England. So for more than 400 years, the Hanseatic League shaped Northern Europe, its economy, trade, its politics. And this continued well into the 17th century. At its peak, the network was an alliance of trading guilds that included more than 200 towns, mainly around the Baltic Sea and inland up to Cologne, Erfurt, and Krakow. The League extended far beyond this area, though, with trading posts running on routes from Portugal to Russia, Finland to the Mediterranean. In Bruges, London, and Bergen, the long-distance traders founded large foreign trading posts. Smaller ones were established in many other cities on their routes. The long-distance merchants joined forces to boost business, of course, but also to better protect themselves against pirates. The conflict that catalyzed the events we're talking about was fought between England specifically against the English merchant community's expansion and the Hanseatic League, and lasted from roughly 1469 to 1474. It was during this Anglo-Hanseatic War when the Memling triptych was stolen at sea. So the first recorded art heist in history involves something that we know a little bit about from one of our earlier seasons. Pirates. Paul Benneke was a Gdansk town council leader, and he was a pirate. Technically, he was a privateer because he got paid for his piracy gigs, but really, I think we all learned a few seasons ago that a pirate is a pirate is a pirate. He was commissioned by Lübeck, head of the Hanseatic League, to captain the ship Peter von Danzig. Danzig is the German name for the city of Gdansk, which throughout history has had periods of Polish, Prussian, and German rule. Today, it is one of the oldest cities in Poland. As a result of the conflict between England and the Hanseatic League, Captain Benneke stalked, attacked, and boarded the Florence-bound ship transporting the Last Judgment. The painting never reached Italy. As this is generally accepted as the first documented instance of modern art theft, to some historians, that indicates Memling's paintings were beginning to be seen as worthy as gold, silver, maybe even precious stones, items of value you might find in a pirate's loot. When private collectors became interested in art, which was roughly the beginning of the 16th century, some paintings and works by certain artists became worth the steal because of the payoff. 
Others, though, consider Memling's work to have just been in the wrong place at the wrong time. In the North Sea, Beneke commandeered the galley and sailed it and all of its cargo, including the Memling piece, as well as textiles, leather, furs, valuable alum, and more, back to Poland, specifically to the port city of Gdansk on the Baltic coast of Poland. There was, just to make note, one report that suggested that Beneke alternatively tugged the vessel to the port of Stad. All of the stolen cargo fell into the possession of the pirates, or, I'm sorry, the privateers. At first, they gave their load to the local nobles, who then, in turn, gave everything to what is now St. Mary's Basilica in the center of the city. Angelo Tani, who commissioned the Last Judgment, not surprisingly objected to the seizure, and the issue was taken up in papal court. Beneke's looting was defended on the basis that the seizure had been a legitimate act of war, as the Hanseatic League had been at war with England at the time it was taken. So, case closed. The triptych was hung on one of the pillars of the Gdansk Chapel of St. George, where it stayed for more than 300 years. Fast forward a little bit to the 16th century. Rudolf II, Holy Roman Emperor, admired Memling's work and wanted to buy the triptych for 40,000 thalers. Thalers, if you're not familiar, at the time were large silver coins minted in the states and territories of the Holy Roman Empire. But that offer, which was pretty generous, was turned down by the city of Gdansk. In 1716, Tsar Peter I was not as subtle as to request its purchase. He just demanded that Memling's last judgment be handed over as a token of gratitude for peace negotiations that had been favorable for the city. Gdansk city officials, though, once again declined. It wasn't until 1807 when the French, led by Marshal Lefebvre, conquered Gdansk that the painting was given a new home. Although, no, it was not returned to its owner. The painting was shipped to the newly established Napoleon Museum in the Louvre in Paris. And it was there, actually, where it was erroneously considered to be the work of Jan van Eyck. It remained there for eight years until it was sent to Berlin. It was returned to Gdansk in 1817 through diplomatic efforts by the city council and an intervention by the King of Prussia. It was placed once again in St. Mary's Basilica, where it stayed until the final days of the Second World War. It was hidden for its safety during the war, but was ultimately looted by the Red Army and taken to the Hermitage in Leningrad. Post-World War II, Poland became the new rightful owner under new international treaties, and in 1956, the Last Judgment was, at least initially, hung in the National Museum in Warsaw. It was later moved to the Pomeranian Museum, which became the National Museum in Gdansk in 1972. And that's where you can still visit it today, if you were interested. The Memling Triptych, which we've learned should never have actually been in Gdansk to begin with, remains the only work of the Flemish artist in any collection in museums across all of Poland. And that is the story of the 102nd Last Judgment. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many! It's time for Heist Hooch. And the thing that, of course, struck me about this entire story <laughs> is just how much this guy moved around, yeah. which is a lot. Yes. 
That got me thinking about the idea of so many people claiming ownership over it and the one person who actually technically should have owned it never getting to. Never saw it. Never even saw it. did not have the internet then. He could not look it up. I am calling this one Tawny's Lament. I appreciate that he is being uplifted here because he really falls down in the story. He is. And then there's a, a spirit I chose to represent him in a way. And you'll hear what it is in a moment. And you'll be like predictable, but also I hope funny. <laughs> One of the things that I wanted to do was build a drink that represented all of the countries where Memling's Last Judgment has lived. Good luck getting a glass that big. Well, like, listen, <laughs> you got to be a little bit judicious so that you don't just get trash, right? Because sure. that's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Uh, First, I'm going to tell you what gets included to represent each thing, and then we'll do the actual measures of the drink. So since it was intended for either Florence or just outside of it, but it never made it there, Mr. Tani never got what he wanted. The bitter aperitif Campari is going to be in the mix. It should be bitter. (laughs) I would be real bitter about this whole thing if I were He's telling his wife, he's like, when they close it, it's the two of us. So beautiful. Honey, it's going to be amazing. It's bullshit. I've never seen it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's Campari. Also, we did, if you remember a while back, I did a drink that was trying to make friends with the Negroni, which has Campari in it. So I have it on hand. Yep. I got to find more ways to use it. I think I have here. Poland has to be highly represented as well, obviously, because it's lived there for a long time. This one is a twofer, right? We're combining Poland and Russia because we're going to get some vodka in the mix. And I specifically suggest a spirit that appeared on our show at the very beginning, which is bison grass vodka. (gasps) You're going all the way back. Like origin story. I still have a little bit in my bottle of Zubrowka, which is one of my favorite brands of vodka. We are not paid in any way for any of our stuff. I just legitimately love that vodka. And it's a Polish vodka and it is delicious. So that, as I said, continues to be a fave. You don't have to have that specific kind of vodka. And if you don't have bison grass, that's fine. Just a good neutral vodka will work here. And then we don't want to keep adding spirits because this will get sloppy. So (laughs) next I went to crops. So Belgium and Germany, fortunately, have a lot of crossover crops. So this drink is going to feature both apple and cherry flavors. I know it would have been obvious to do a a beer cocktail because of Belgium, but I don't love those, frankly. But also, it stayed in France for a minute, so we're going to include some lemon juice. Now, citrus might not be what you think of when you think of European crops, but the south of France has actually become really well known for its lemon groves. Those are specifically called Menton lemons because of the region that they grow in, which have very productive trees. They produce like more per branch than other lemon trees. But for today, regular lemon juice. And you're also going to, in the mix of that, have some raspberry syrup. Raspberries also grow in Belgium and Germany. And here we go. (laughs) So you're going to put one ounce of Campari, one ounce of your vodka, one ounce of lemon juice, and one ounce of raspberry syrup in your shaker. Next, you are adding to this two ounces of cherry water. Now, when I say that, what I mean is like there are various companies that do healthy waters that have a lot of flavor. You want one of those cherry versions of that. And because that's a water, we're not going to do ice in this shaker. We're going to what's called dry shaking, which just means you're not putting ice in the tin. The ice in your tin is to help dilute your alcohols, but Since that is a water item, you don't need to do that. You just want to shake it. 
I do suggest pre-chilling your glass so that you have an extra cold drink because the shaking also makes things cold. And if you don't have ice in there, you won't get the same level of, of chill. So put that glass in the fridge when you're first starting this. You want to put your ice in and then put it in the fridge? Great. You're going to shaky shake it. You're going to strain it over fresh ice into that chilled glass. And then you're going to top it with another thing that's shown up on the show before, hard cider. This is yummy. (laughs) (laughs) I have officially made friends with Campari. It took me a minute. And I will say because that is a unique flavor that does have a lot. it, It is really the prevailing flavor, if you're not careful. I had to do a lot of tweakies to get the <laughs> proportions where I wanted them. To become friends, we had to have a lot to of To become friends, we had to know exactly how much of that friend I'm willing to deal with. <laughs> one ounce plus one ounce of vodka. Now, a mocktail version of this is a little bit tricky, but it's doable. So your lemon juice, your raspberry syrup, your cherry water, those are all obviously easy. Keep them. In lieu of your hard cider, you're just going to do a not hard cider. (laughs) So that's easy. (laughs) Now, the tricky part, right, you can just skip the vodka. And here is what I would do in lieu of Campari. First of all, if you can brew uh, an orange tea, I would use that. I would hard brew that thing. I would let it steep for a while. And... Even though you have already used that, I would also, this is a place where garnish can really help make up the gap between a cocktail and a mocktail. You want to get your, a little coin, a little piece of orange peel. You want to make sure you rub the rim of your glass so that it gets those oils from the thing. You want the outside edge of the peel. If you do the inside, the white pithy part, it's really bitter and you don't want to put that to your mouth. So that's what I would do for the mocktail. And I would keep pretty much the same proportions for everything. You can tweak at that point. You may want to throttle back a little bit on the syrup so it doesn't get too sweet. Because in this case, that's like an ounce of syrup is because you are countering that ounce of very toothy and bitey Campari. If you love Campari, and some people do, then you're golden and you don't have to worry about any of this. That is Tani's Lament. And as I've said before, because I often do these drinks in the mornings before we record, I don't usually drink the whole thing, but I didn't even mean to. And then I was like, oh, I'm down to rocks. I got nothing but ice left. What happened here? That was delicious. (laughs) That was good. Say, keep all of these ingredients out for later. Yes. (laughs) I will for sure make another. It's a beautiful red color. So it's. I was about to ask when it's. You know, that Campari is. Right. Packs a lot of pigment. Yes, it does. Very red. I imagine it's really not like it doesn't look diluted down in here at all because you're adding in cherry and raspberry. Yeah, the raspberry syrup also adds red. And depending on what syrup you use, this gets a little in the weeds in terms of like color. But like Campari is a very orangey looking red. The raspberry syrup I used was a very blue base red. And so they ended up with a neutral kind of pure clean red, which was nice. Anyway. Red. Uh, <laughs> Can make it to the red of your liking. Right. Tani's Lament. Because I'd be bitter if somebody took my painting. If I commissioned a painting and it got stolen by pirates, I'm not sure that I would not behave in a manner that is illegal and bad. <laughs> I think I would hunt them down. Don't, don't do that. Don't do bad things. But it would be hard. Because I imagine it was not inexpensive and also seemed to be something that he was very much looking forward to. 
We hope that you look forward to the time you spend with us. We sure look forward to it. And thank you for spending this time hanging out with us, talking about art and heists and drinks. We will be right back here again next week with more of that on Criminalia. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Discover new technology and endless comfort with Victoria's Secret's number one collection, Body by Victoria. With over 3,500 five-star reviews, see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles. Their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding. Experience unlined perfection with the nearly undetectable Invisible Lift Demi Bra, or comfortably reduce your bust line by up to one inch with the Invisible Lift Minimizer Bra. Available in cups A through G and bands 30 to 44, that's 43 sizes in 22 styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview, Great Falls, offer vibrant senior independent living assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen up. Hangovers cost the U.S. $300 billion in productivity every year. But I've got the secret. Akalo wearable vitamins. Avoid hangovers by preventing them in the first place. Just peel, stick, and enjoy 24 hours of B1 goodness. It's not just for hangovers. Beats jet lag and boosts metabolism, too. Go to Akalo.co today. Trust me, it's a game changer. Plus, with Akalo's money-back guarantee, you've got nothing to lose except the hangover. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O. That's A-K-A-L-O dot C-O. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 